Born in 1592 in the Highlands of Scotland, and he is still alive. He is immortal. Constantly facing other immortals in combat to the death, the winner takes his enemy's head. And with it, his power. We know the truth about immortals. In the end, there can be only one. May it be Duncan MacLeod, the Highlander. And welcome into Let's Watch Highlander. This is Let's Watch Highlander Season 5, Highlander the Source. Uh, that is right. Mm-hmm. We end every season watching one of the Highlander movies. And yeah, we do. We just ended Season 5, which means we get to watch the fifth Highlander movie, Highlander the Source. Here to talk with you about it yeah. as we are every week. I'm Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis, and that's the Audie Norman. Audie, how are you? Doing all right, man. Getting ready for the holidays. The kids are out of school for the rest of the year, so I get to juggle them. Oh, boy. Um, well, I mean, that's still better than watching this movie, so you got that going for you. A little bit. <laughs> uh, I see no reason to beat around the bush. We'll just dive right into it. So Highlander had five live-action films, um, mm-hmm. which, for the uninitiated, surprises a lot of people. Usually you talk yes. about Highlander, they might know of Highlander and maybe Highlander 2. Mm-hmm. When I tell people, no, 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 the fifth one is the worst, the the, res- the most common response I get is, there's a fifth one? <laughs> yeah. Or, they made five of yes. those? Uh, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. they did. So, <laughs> Highlander the Source has an interesting past to it. And I think before mm-hmm. we talk about the movie itself, I kind of want to talk about that because sure, I make no secret this movie's bad. It's not good, mm-hmm. uh, and there is a lot of reasons for that. And even people involved in making it, Adrian Paul has said, look, it's, it's not good. Um, mm-hmm. You pointed me to the his video on YouTube, which I rewatched again recently, and it's only like two minutes long, uh, where somebody asked him about the movie, and one of the things he said was like, it started off with a bad script. Um, and it just kind of went downhill from there. And that's part of movie making that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you know, ahead. you can't necessarily fault Adrian Paul, like no, for making no, a no. bad movie when you're in the business, sometimes you need a paycheck to make it to the next movie or the next whatever. So yeah. you got to do what you got to do. Well, so there's contracts involved. There's, you know, mm-hmm. getting a job and being paid. There's also, the movies don't always end up the way that they were when you were shooting them. Right. And so the the original script was written by David Abramovitz. We know him because he was the story supervisor who came on, I think, towards the end of season one into season two of the, of the series and mm-hmm. really helped to galvanize the series and really helped to make you know the series good. And you can tell kind of when he came on board because that's when you started getting more consistently good episodes. Mm-hmm. So he had written a script and it was good and it kind of, they, they went with that. And then as Adrian Paul says, three, four, five weeks later, they get another version of the script and it's not the same thing and it's not as right. good. Um, and so this movie was stuck in development hell for years. It came out, it was finally released in 2007, but they were starting to work on this 
as early as kind of oh one oh two, I remember hearing rumblings about Highlander mm-hmm. the Source, and it was going to be you know it was the fifth Highlander movie and it was going to get a theatrical release, regardless of the fact that Endgame had done fairly poorly in in theaters. It did not make a lot of money, but yeah, the hope <laughs> We've was covered that for good reason. Yes. The hope was that there was enough time had passed and there was a good amount of kind of fandom online that could um, facilitate doing it as a theatrical release. Still, low budget, but theatrical. Well, then it became, no, we're not going to do that. It's going to go direct-to-video. Okay, that's not great. Mm -mm. Because direct-to-video typically means that your budget gets slashed to almost nothing. Right. And your quality kind of goes out the window, but... Adrian Paul was still attached. They had Peter Wingfield and Jim uh, Burns back, you know, and they were attached. So there was hope for it. You got your, you, you've got Mythos, you've got Joe Dawson, you've got Duncan, and they had a director who has directed feature films, Brett Leonard. Mm-hmm. Then it came out that the movie was going to go direct to Sci Fi Channel. And that was kind of the moment where I and this was late in the in the cycle for it too. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of the moment where I was like, oh "Boy, I'm not uh, not holding out really high hopes for this now." It, it yeah, that was kind of the death knell. Um, was going uh, direct to Sci-Fi Channel because look, while Sci-Fi Channel's original programming can be good, their original films. This was, I think. Maybe the first Sharknado had been produced by this point. I can't remember. Oh wow! But but they weren't known for good quality films. Their series could be yeah, great. Yeah. The series that they would pick up sure. and they would run that were sci-fi originals. Those were good. That was where I remember sci-fi picked up and did uh, Farscape. Um, yeah, and they put that out. They put out uh, you know all sorts of good stuff. But their movies weren't great, so I'm like, oh, this isn't good. And then I and I did. I watched it on its premiere. I watched Highlander the Source premiere night Sci Fi Channel. And I was good for you. I was disappointed to say the least. Um, yeah, it is both a overly complex and convoluted plot, and also boring as hell. and those it's overly complicated without having any need to be at all exactly it's overly complicated it doesn't need to be they all of the problems with highlanders two through four are in this same movie but all of them Mm -hmm. together you have a villain that's trying to be the kurgan again they're just trying to recapture that whether that was how he was originally written or somebody somewhere along the line decided to do that, I'm not sure. But you have that. You've got a love interest who is introduced in this movie and is supposed to be the love of Duncan's life again, which mm-hmm. we already raked them over the coals for that in Endgame. Right. Where it's like, no, te- this was Tessa, and, and there was you know we had enough time with Tessa to care, and then, oh, no, but remember, there was somebody else. And the only saving grace with this character of Anna is that they don't try to make it into she was around before. This was something mm-hmm. that happened between when we last saw Duncan and now, which is the, quote, near future, because it's a post-apocalyptic film, 
I forgot to mention that part. Yeah. Um, well, almost. They say it's almost the apocalypse. Yes. They, teetering there. They, <laughs> that, they, that's the even dumber. <laughs> like, yeah. They, it's not post-apocalyptic, except everything you're telling us visually screams post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're trying to make it like that, but they put it in a near future, but they don't date it, right? So they... So mm-hmm. they don't have the problem of saying like, oh, it's 1998 in uh, in Blade Runner. But at the same time, they don't put it far enough ahead for it to really matter. But they, they kind of try not to timestamp it, but whatever. They're driving a, a mid-2000s BMW, so they've timestamped mm-hmm. themselves just based on their budget. It also right. makes all the sets look cheap. Um, the movie honestly looks cheap. And... One yeah. thing you can say about the original Highlander, Highlander 2, and even uh, 3 and 4, is they never came across as being cheaply made. They were lower budget, right? but they always had a cinematic look to them. Mm-hmm. And this didn't have that cinematic look, and instead it looked cheap it looked cheaper than the tv series that it was based on absolutely i mean you look at like small things like costuming nobody gets a wardrobe change in this movie at nope. all oh, no. after how many number of days they're going through this i'm like mm, <laughs> okay yeah that big old coat of duncan's probably smelling like crap right now <sighs> boy that is a stanky coat but hey adrian paul mm-hmm. got to keep it so good for him <laughs> yeah um but the, the look of it is cheap. They bring back Mythos. Cool. They bring back Joe Dawson. Cool. Well, well kind of. We'll get to that. Kind of. They introduce a new love character, uh, a new love interest for Duncan who we don't care about mm-hmm. and we're not really given anything to care about with her. Just they got married and then she wanted kids and he can't have kids and so she left him. But everything we know about Duncan tells us he would have talked to her about that well before they ever got married. I mean, they slapped it on the very first thing in the movie about immortals. They can only be killed with the loss of their head. Yep. They gain more power by killing other immortals and they can't have kids. Hmm. I wonder what this movie's going to focus on. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then, and like that whole scene where they're doing the flashbacks to their wedding and then her leaving him. I'm like, no, 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 this would have all happened well before they got married. Like Duncan, Duncan's been through this already. Right. He's smart enough by now. And, and, and I hate the characterization of Duncan in this film because he's this Mm -hmm. despondent. He's got nothing left to live for. Just doesn't care about anyone guy. And it's the, it's the opposite of who Duncan is and has been for all of his story arc. Mm-hmm. And he's this guy now, and we don't even know why. We're never given right. a reason for him to be that loner off on his own, doesn't care about anyone else, but he's still following Anna around Eastern Europe for some yeah. reason. Like, Okay, so we ended season five, season five of the show. Is that one? Yes. We just finished season five. Mm-hmm. Duncan is fighting some demon who is doing stuff. After all that... and. It's going to get into it in season five. We haven't watched it and, you know, gone through it yet, but they go through it. And after all that, you still have Duncan who doesn't believe in any kind of whatever crap in this movie. And it's like, he doesn't what? believe in any of that. And he just doesn't, he like Duncan, the thing with Duncan was there was always, he always had hope. And even mm-hmm. in his down, in his most down moments, he could muster that up and find something to have hope in. 
and now you're giving if us not, a, if not someone, yeah, if not so, well, if not necessarily something supernatural in someone, in people, mm-hmm. yeah. But he was always he was good and he was hopeful and he was that embodiment mm-hmm. of hope in the immortals, and to, you take all of that away, but you give no reason for it. There's no like story reason. There's not even a mention of like this happened in the past. We're supposed to believe basically mm-hmm. Anna saying, "I want kids and I'm leaving you." That was enough to break him. Like, nah, I'm sorry. And that doesn't turn him into Batman. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. Uh, you, you don't just get away with that. And so you have that going on. The movie has to do the stupid thing that I hate that movies do. I understand why this happens, but I don't like it. Is a movie, especially a sequel or into a series, that still has to go back and signpost all of its things for the new people, for the new fans. Mm-hmm. Somebody who doesn't know, like, give your audience a little bit of credit. You don't have to have the bad guy yell out the quickening the first time he (laughs) takes a head in the movie. (laughs) Because if you're coming, if you are watching the fifth Highlander Uh, film, okay, if if you are in film five of the Highlander series and you don't know what the quickening is by now and you're confused by that, I'm sorry, but I've been there. I've watched Scarecrow 4 without watching Scarecrows 1 through 3. And I didn't care. Like, you don't need that. You don't need to have... You don't need Duncan having an argument with Joe over interference or not as a watcher when it's not a plot point and hasn't been a relevant plot point. It wasn't for three seasons of the show. Like, that ship sailed a long time ago. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. they're bringing that back up. You're a watcher, remember? You can't interfere. (laughs) And it's Joe's like... Uh, no, n- no, that rule's gone. And I'm watching yeah. it as an audience member. Like, no, that rule is not a thing. Like, you don't care about that anymore. So, oh, God, that was... <laughs> I think they just did that to give Joe a reason to say the F-bomb. Which, hey, you know what? I was all for that. Like, that was fine. Sure. I will give the movie credit. It was R-rated, and that's where you can... I remember watching it on Sci-Fi Channel and realizing, oh, yeah, this wasn't originally going to go direct to TV because they had the F-bomb in. They had to mute out. Mm-hmm. And and that was a thing. So, like, I give them credit for that. They went R-rated on it. They're, they they weren't shy about beheadings. However, no, they look terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. They, they do. They just look bad. But you've got, like... All of this stuff. There's this weird animosity with Duncan and Mythos, and I don't understand that either. Because, yes, they had their troubles in the series, but by the end of the series, they were fine. So, again, there's no narrative reason for them to just be at at odds, except that the story demanded Duncan be this brooding dipshit. Yep. (laughs) And And the extra characters are only there for means to an end through the movie. Like, they're, they're not giving anything for us to care about. I kind of dug Reggie, but I had no reason to. I just thought he was kind of a cool character that they put in there. He's put in there to die. Yes. You know? So Re- um, yes, Reggie is there to be somebody that we like. He's charismatic. He's a fun He's a fun character, but he's there to die. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't like that. And then I think you were going to, were you going to mention Giovanni next? Yeah, Giovanni's there for Duncan to rescue at the end and show us how good Duncan is. Yeah, and he's terrible. I mean, don't Mm -hmm. get me started on his hair because... That was the weirdest thing. That was a choice that was made, and I'm not sure who made it or why. But that hair was something else. But he was... 
he could have been really interesting and they could have had some cool better back and there's a there's a moment of back and forth with him and mythos that i love i will say Mm -hmm. that part of okay so part of what really really gets under my skin about this movie is that it had the potential to be good there's some actual decent ideas simmering underneath this that unfortunately they just kept piling crap all all over and got rid of like Number one, having Mythos there, always a win. Mythos is great. And Peter Wingfield nails him. Peter Wingfield yeah. is great. He is more Mythos than, than Adrian Paul is Duncan in this movie. Like the, the, For the, sure. The way they wrote them um, just doesn't make any sense. He does. They do have a, a wonderful callback to Mythos' first appearance in the series in this movie. And that is right at the end of it. Um, so remind me of that. Just remind me of the callback because I want to I save okay. that for now. But they did that. Um, you have Joe in the movie, and that should have worked. And even, yeah. even if you're going to do what you do with Joe, which I didn't like. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like killing off Joe because Joe is... Joe becomes Duncan's kind of conscience in a way. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of... Because in the series, we start off with Richie as a mortal and Tessa as mortal. And then when mm-hmm. we lose Tessa and Richie becomes an immortal, but we've gained Joe Dawson by that point. So now Dawson becomes the mortal, the link to the mortal world that, that Duncan has in a lot of ways. Right. And the Watchers. And so there's a little bit of a conscience there because, like... Duncan sort of utilizes Joe and his information, but then there's times where that backfires on him. And but they develop a friendship, and they have this great friendship, mm-hmm. and it becomes really strong. And then you, we, we kill off Joe, and that's terrible. Yeah. And from a from a writing storytelling standpoint, I understand it because one easy way to create conflict and create drama is to have a character die. Death mm-hmm. is a very big thing. It's George R. R. Martin does it all the time. Uh, Neil Gaiman will do it in with characters. Uh, Joss Whedon did it with characters in in shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did it with Firefly. He did all sorts of stuff. It's a great way to have that kind of uh, of conflict and that sort of that moment for the the hero of your story to have something to fight for. So I can get that, and I can even understand having a death of a character happen in an unexpected and quick fashion where you almost don't have time to to process it. But they wasted that with Joe. The yeah. way that they did it was wasted on Joe. And Joe is not in the movie long enough. So if you're if you're doing the whole, well, we've got to set things up for the new fans, for the people that aren't familiar with Highlander, Joe's not in the movie long enough for them to care. Right. And he doesn't do enough stuff. There isn't enough of an established relationship in this movie for us to for for anyone new to care about Joe Dawson's death. For right. fans, for people who have been watching it, and I do care about Joe, he's not in the movie long enough for us to be happy. Mm-hmm. And then he just dies, and it was almost as though I, I either they had more and they cut it out of the script, or they just couldn't get Jim Burns for long enough. Something I don't know. 
Yeah, I doubt it's that second part. Um, I I doubt it too because he wouldn't have signed on otherwise. Like, I yeah. feel like some stuff got cut either from the script or from the fi- you know from principal photography. Because mm-hmm. this whole movie feels like it feels like a couple episodes of the series <laughs> that were just half baked. And it's, you know, like we've talked about the series, there are episodes where we've talked about them feeling like there's a nugget here, but they just couldn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about a film, you're like, all you have is time to do something with it. And this is what you came up with? Yeah, well, okay. so when you watch it, you realize you can feel how hacked up it is and mm-hmm. how different the final product was from whatever they were trying to do when they were shooting it. Because mm-hmm. scenes don't make sense together. Like, no. we, have, we have this whole thing where they have to find, they're, they're looking for the source, the source of immortality, which is all we're ever told. It's a, a MacGuffin. Yeah. Where it's the source, the source, that's it. That's all you know. We don't know if it's a tangible thing, if it's an energy force, if it's a person, if it's embodied in something, nothing. It's just the source. Meanwhile, all the planets are aligning too, which by the way, that's the most laughable damn thing I've ever seen is to literally look in the sky and you're seeing the planets aligning physically. Like, no, if that were happening, there are The bigger... same way over and over and over and over again yeah. because it's look never... at you actually gets all the way. If you watch this movie, you'll see the planets lining in the beginning of it. Get used to that shot because you're going to see a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but if the planets were all that close to Earth, we have bigger problems at hand anyway. Like, yeah, there's no way. The planet's pulling you itself apart that. at that Good point. Good Lord. Um, and that, so that's going on, and they're trying to find the source of immortality. And one of their... Guys, who again, we we don't know this guy Psy long enough to care about him, mm-hmm. but I can let that go in the movie, where you have a kind of a character at the beginning that gets killed off right away. That can happen. It just sucks because he seemed like the coolest character of he, anybody in this dang movie. I'd have had him over Giovanni any day. Mm-hmm. Plus, he had a, sure. his sword was awesome. Exactly, his sword was so cool. Um, but he dies, and but he lets him know about some monastic order, right? And vaguely where it is. And then they just sort of drive there. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a world where there's no law and there's no rule and, and gangs and cannibals are everywhere, but they just hop in the car and drive there. Yeah. Find this place that no one in the history of history has found or known of. Uh, it's been rumor and myth, but they just they just drive there, find it, pull up. Mm-hmm. And they go inside and they, they talk drive to the there. Elder. Anna somehow gets there. Oh yeah, Anna beats them all there. Yeah, she just walks. It must have only been a few blocks. She probably had a shirt. She yeah. didn't have to. She didn't have to drive <laughs> around the Beltway, right? She could just walk mm-hmm. straight there. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> so they meet the elder, and the elder is uh, like a lump of goo with a face uh, because he's been cursed for reasons. And then we get some convoluted. Before time was time, we looked for the source, and we're basically given what's going to happen throughout the rest of the movie, but like through parable and flashback that doesn't make any sense. And the thing with that, that also felt like they had more there and then they just kind of cut it all. They're like, yes, forget all this was three of this party. Make it to where the source is in this, this Mm -hmm. ancient history. 
and we know what happened to two of them, but there was a third one that went into the source, I guess. And I was going to say, to steal from uh, Film Sack, talk about a chicken a bucket. <laughs> yeah. Like, we see three characters and, and the, the ancient guardian. One of them becomes the new guardian. One of them is cursed to whatever this blobby thing is that he became. Mm-hmm. And there's a third one who never gets a name, never gets mentioned, is seen, but that that's it. We don't even know anything about And that's that. Okay, there we go. Now we've got a guardian. And there's allusion to that person at the end of the movie when Anna gets at the source. And it's Which like. even makes less sense. <laughs> exactly. It's like even more confusing. It's like, hey, what if we really confuse the heck out of people? But then it's just like this globe-trotting thing where it's like, oh, well, the planets are aligning. Oh, it's it's an island in Central Europe. Well, we'll go there because Anna's having yeah. visions, right? Anna is mm-hmm. a mortal. She is a mortal woman who was married to Duncan, who is also apparently having visions and or maybe psychic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she is going to lead them to the source. And so they have to go to this island and they're on a ship on their way there. And the captain's like, I ain't going on that island. It's nothing but cannibals on there. They go anyway and they get there and the cannibals have got some like random dude in a suit, in a bunch of suit, in a suit post, you know, there's no law. Post apocalyptic, but we got the lawyer. We captured him. Yep. Yeah. And uh, they're going to burn the guy alive. So of course, Duncan and crew uh, are going to save him because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And so it's an excuse to have an action scene um, where we can have everybody fighting and it doesn't have to yeah. be immortals. Which, sure, of the action scenes in the movie is the one that I hated the least. Yeah, so, because you could actually see what's going on because it's that, daylight. That helped. Uh, <laughs> and then after that scene, there's like... And uh, I will say, they also play a nice little riff of princes of the universe that was kind of nice oh no i hated that hated that so much (laughs) absolutely no it's it's the worst it's it's the dime store you know it's the five and dime version of princes of the universe like Uh uh-huh covers are fine i don't have a problem with covers i don't even have a problem covering queen right like you're never gonna you're never gonna recreate freddie mercury but covering Mm -hmm. queen is fine do a better job than they did for this one because it it, it wants to yeah. be. It wants to be what Queen's Princes of the Universe was, but it never makes it there. And that just every time I've seen that, it bothers me more. I'm they, like, oh, that's they right. Don't they put the work into that song, and it kills me even more because earlier we have Guardian dude singing who wants to live forever tauntingly, and I'm like, oh my gosh. See oh, that this is how they work this song in. But that bothered me less. Him doing that was dumb. But mm-hmm. I can let that go because it's kind of like that's sort of a self-aware poke fun at our own thing in a way. That bothered Which me a hell of a lot less than like trying to have the hero shot of your movie with the song that is associated with your franchise butchered by mm-hmm. whatever house band they could get from <laughs> from like Central Canada. I don't know who they were. I don't know who it was. It's just it, it, that bugged me so much. And you're trying yeah. to do your hero shot for the movie too. It's the slow motion walking through the flames. Oh yeah, uh, thing with that song and ugh, blah, blah, blah. and but also again, again here's a part in the movie where it's like they had other stuff going on. Nope, we're just gonna have this like montage of them going from one place to another because they got to mm-hmm. get to that house that Anna saw in her vision. Right. 
And and then they get to that house that Anna saw in her vision, and suddenly, for reasons unknown, they're all bickering. Yeah. And I don't, it, that like, tonally, that just felt really out of place. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be what Goo Guy was telling us was going to happen. But it's bad because they do all this cool stuff, and then boom, this is the place where that's supposed to start happening. It's like... And there's no leading up to it at all. There's yeah, there's no lead up to it. There's no reason for it. Like he just says, you'll blah, 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 blah. This will happen. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is any of why? Why any of that? Like give a something like the idea that as they get closer to the source, which apparently only happens when the planets align, which they give no kind of time frame for. So right. It's certainly more than 5,000 every 5,000 years. Mm hmm. But getting closer to the source, you'll lose your immortality. But they don't, like, you don't notice that, I guess, until it right. is actually a thing. And the whole idea of them infighting in the flashback stuff, the, the elder was talking about made it seem as though it was something to this band of people at that time that started to fight amongst themselves but there's nothing to tell us that that should happen with these people because by all accounts, the, what we know is that Mythos, Duncan, and Reggie are all good people and get along fine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. up until now, Giovanni's been kind of pompous, but he hasn't been like at odds with anyone, really. He and Reggie, yeah. like when they meet up, Reggie's just like, oh, it's so good to see you, G. And Mythos mm-hmm. is even like happy to see people, and but then suddenly they're right. just fighting for no reason. But they're bickering, except except for Duncan and Anna. Well, they're not yeah. fighting. No, they're wrestling in a different way. <laughs> <clears throat> that was the most unsexy sex scene I've ever seen. Yeah, that was really awkward. Like, and like ever, like you. It just it, it does look more like wrestling. Like if you're not. <laughs> paying any attention you're not noticing exactly what they're doing because i was like what, what, what? if you looked oh. a, if you looked away or you okay. got up to get a to refill your drink and you came right. back you wouldn't know that they that that was supposed to be a love scene like mm-hmm. without the intercut shot of her undoing his belt it just looks like he's like pushing her against a tree yeah and then turning her around meanwhile reggie's mm-hmm. getting attacked by the guardian um, right and uh, just and but they're getting closer, and they know they have to go in a certain direction, I guess. And then they end up in the middle of the woods, and get attacked by the cannibals again, and captured this time, because the movie right. needs them to to have that happen because they don't have a budget mm-hmm. for anything else, so they could shoot in these woods, right? And then the guardian shows up and like lets Anna out, and says, "Come with me. The source is calling to you for whatever reason," but leaves the rest of them there. And I love that yeah. because he. T- the Guardian tells her, come with me right now or I'll kill them all. And look, clearly at this point, the Guardian is just like, he they are no match for him. He is mm-hmm. so far and above being able to take them out single-handedly. But then she turns to Duncan and says, come and find me, and just leaves him hanging there. Like, come and find yeah. me. And I'm thinking, all right, untie something. Like, untie mm-hmm. one hand Do- and go. Because he's you know, not stopping have that her. Sec- have that secret knife that you just, out of the guardian's eye, Nick, you know. Yeah, something, anything. No, she just leaves him here. Come find me. All right, Because cool. they're only I'll- held by rope. It's not like, you know, <laughs> metal chains or anything. I'll come find you after the cannibals are done. 
Like, yeah. And then Giovanni, of course, gets himself out because uh, we get uh, Deus Ex Fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Giovanni gets out, and and then his true colors come about, right? He's, he's selfish. Right. He's, there can be only one, and he runs off on his own. Duncan gets down. There is a great moment between Duncan and Mythos where Duncan grabs the sword, and he hops up, and he's about to cut him loose, and Mythos is like, I'd have left you here. And and uh, Duncan cuts the other rope, and Mythos is like, "Do you trust mm-hmm. me? Ah, eh, you'll do." And hands him a sword, and they go. <laughs> yeah. But Again. those two, those two just have great chemistry. Even when Duncan is written like crap, those two have great chemistry. Right. And even here, I'm like, guys, we've done this before. They're buds now. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're buds. Fine. They're not going to have this kind of conversation. Certainly, Mythos not... isn't going to say that kind of crap anymore. Yeah, certainly say... not without us getting a reason. <sighs> We need some kind of a reason for why they didn't like each other. Yeah, or being, just, you know, Mythos being extra cheeky about it, you know, giving him a wink. I would have left you. Yeah, you know, like that would have been good. All we got was <sighs> at the beginning of the movie, Mythos saying Duncan McCloud is not the man he used to be. That's it. That's all mm-hmm. our reasoning. But Duncan ends up getting to the to the source. They, they do stop along the way to save Giovanni one more time. Mm-hmm. Um, to show that Duncan is the goodest dude. Yep. And then they save Giovanni, who promptly runs away. Uh, yeah. And then Giovanni finds the, uh, thinks he's going to win the prize and get the source and all that stuff. But the, and I love that because as he's coming up, the guardian's up in the tree and he stops. And he's like, is it, is it over? And the guardian says, yes, for you. And then cuts his head mm-hmm. off. Because Giovanni got what he deserved. Duncan ends up finding yeah. the source, but he's got to have but one again- last fight. Giovanni got what he deserved just to be that character. Mm-hmm. Like, again, we don't care about no. him getting what he deserved no, at all. Not at all. No. And then one more thing, Duncan Mythos, that I thought was like, oh, why are we still doing this at the very end when Mythos throws his sword and Duncan assumes he's throwing it at him when he's throwing it at one of the uh, bad guys? I'm like, why are we still having this fight? And thought, like, good lord. Yeah, but that I can I can let go a little. Just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, uh, but it's still dumb. However, it did lead yeah. to the great conversation where Mythos grabs the horse and he's like, just go, go and, go and get mm-hmm. the thing because you're the best of us. We know that you're the most human. You're the, right. the most honorable. Uh, Joe knew it. I knew it. He's, and what I like is I like the way that scene co- goes out well because Mythos is like, you're the best of us. I wanted it to be me, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So go do the thing. And, and that at least is good mythos. Yeah, and Duncan's like, you're such an asshole. And and there's here's the callback to Mythos's first appearance in Highlander the series where he says, Look, I never said I was deep. And he hops on the horse and rides away. <laughs> I love that I liked. That's great. That that was great. Was all that had to have been all Peter Wingfield coming back with that. Like mm-hmm. it had to have been. Maybe Probably. a little Abramovitz in there, like from his from his script or something. But it like snuck in. That's a good moment in this movie. Because that's mm-hmm. true to Mythos's character, right? Even at the end, when he didn't really believe in the source, but now he's he's faced with it and all of this stuff that's going on, and being the survivor that he is, and hoping that he can be the one to have it, and then realizing no, it's not. It's still Duncan. Like, and he knew, mm-hmm. and and now we can kind of retroactively realize he knew that from the moment he met Duncan, right? And he talked about it in when early on knowing Duncan how he's the best of us and blah blah blah. So, like, bringing yeah. that kind of full circle, I like that. Mm-hmm. 
So Duncan finds the source. He gets there. Anna's there. And he's got to have mm-hmm. one last fight with the Guardian. And yep. he can't get to Anna until that fight is finished. Because there's some sort of say, magical force field. The, the Guardian was stupidly hilarious. Taunting the way he was. Being <laughs> Kurgan 3.0. Yep. But this one got me. When Anna tells Duncan, it's not time. Face the Guardian. And then right after that, he's like, yeah, face the Guardian behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That got, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. I can, I can give you that one. That was kind of funny. Okay. That was, that was okay. I actually like that the fight had to end without Duncan taking his head. And that was the test. Right. That's kind of a that neat was... idea. That because mm-hmm. Anna mentions it earlier about how it's not about death, it's about life. And yeah. if we had neat some sort that... of... Neat idea that gets lost because Duncan says, like, I'm done with this. But he said that earlier in the movie, but we, again, we have no reason why. Is he tired of death? Is he tired of seeing everyone well, he loves dies? Because he says that to Anna at some point of like, I'm, I, I've seen everyone I know die. But it's it's glossed over. It's barely touched upon. And here's what I was going with. Neat idea. After Duncan fought him in such a way that he was twisting so much that he screwed himself into the earth. I did like that. That was kind of interesting. (laughs) Okay. Duncan's not immortal, but as he's closer to the source, he's closer to being like the Guardian. So apparently there's something with the source that makes him fast, I guess, because the Mm -hmm. Guardian says that like, but, you know. Okay, right, sure. The Guardian's like, yeah, the source juices you up. Are but you like, juiced? And Duncan's if, like, okay, whatever. Yeah, and if Duncan is tired of death and killing, that should have there should have been something given to us beyond like one line of dialogue when he's with Anna in the woods before they wrestle about people dying mm-hmm. around him. Like that's right. the only thing we get. Other than that, no. he's brooding, and then it's like, but I'm done with killing. Well, fine, okay, cool. Let's 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 explore that a little bit better than the way that they did. Because if that's why right. he's brooding, if he's just tired of death and he's reaching he's hitting that point that Richie was at where Richie's like, Look, the killing is just too much. Mm-hmm. Give us something with Duncan on that more than just I don't like anybody. I'm mad at Joe. Yeah. I'm mad at Mythos and kill, kill, kill like it's just it was so poorly so sloppily done. Mm-hmm. Cause what here's what would have made it really interesting. Duncan never kills anybody the entire movie. And at the end, he fights the Guardian and is about ready to and can't. And the Guardian's like, and that, you pass the test that way. Sure, sure. That would have been interesting. That would have been a better way to like do have it. it. Right. But Oh, and while, this, uh, while this all this is going on with the fight, the planets are, are aligning still. We've got mm-hmm. lots of insert shots of that planetary alignment, which at the beginning of the movie is not just our solar system, but apparently all the planets in our galaxy. Right. Lining up. Cause that makes sense, I guess with the central sun in our galaxy. What? Mm -hmm. And even at one point, Reggie says like, it's uh, what is it? uh, Astronomically impossible or against the (laughs) the laws of astronomical physics or something like that. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And we're like, tell us about it, Reggie. Tell us about it. Reggie, you, you, you ain't whistling Dixie there. That's, that's just dumb. (laughs) But, Duncan wins the prize and wins the source. And here, again, is is a thing that should work, that should be interesting, that is handled poorly. And that is that there can be only one 
immortal that can have a child. Yeah. On its own, that should be intriguing. But because mm-hmm. it's mentioned at the start of the movie that immortals can't have children, and then vaguely referenced as to that's why Anna left him, and then it's brought mm-hmm. up again at the end, and that's it. It's not a, a good developed plot point. No, not at all. And so it's a wasted opportunity. It's sort of like, okay, mm-hmm. when I first saw this movie, what it made me think of was, wow, there's some there's some okay ideas in here, and the execution of some of those ideas was just bad, and the rest of it was bad. What it reminded mm-hmm. me of is, did you ever see uh, Dracula 2000? So it was Johnny Lee Miller... And it came out in 2000. It was produced by Wes Craven. And it was a Dracula no, movie. No, I didn't. So it's not good. Okay, it's not a good movie. But, and I'm going to ruin a 22-year-old movie for people. I'm going to spoil it. So if you're mad about that, I'm sorry. 22 years is well past the statute of limitations. I'm not going to feel bad about this. The end of Dracula 2000, it's a really cool twist on the Dracula myth. Dracula was Judas. Oh, okay. So that's why sunlight is bad for him because he hung himself at dawn. Silver affects him mm. because he was paid 30 pieces of silver. He yeah. doesn't, crosses don't hurt him. He just hates them. He hates seeing crosses and mm. Christian relics and things like that. And it was such a cool, like, I was wow. like, that's such a cool way to, to like infuse something different into your uh, vampire and Dracula mythos. Heck yeah. But the rest of the movie was garbage. Right, And that was my same feeling the first time I saw the source is like, oh, what a cool way to spin. There can be only one and have it this thing that was like it was originally supposed to be that. But because of, you know, how long it takes for the source to be available and how long these immortals get to walk the earth and it gets twisted mm-hmm. and it's a it's this eons of the telephone game to where there can be only one suddenly you know you get a few immortals that try to do like the four horsemen and do some bad stuff and suddenly there's nobody around that remembers what the source was really about and what the there can be only one was kind of about and so they start fighting everybody and they have no real memory of what's going on and it just keeps getting twisted and twisted and then we find out no this is really what it was about like that to me that in a vacuum is a really cool idea but it just Blech. Like it just got pooped yeah. out in this crap movie that at both at, well, ta- at, at equal times felt rushed and super slow. Mm-hmm. And the main problem is this is a movie about some immortals in this whatever journey you want to call it. It's not about immortality as we've seen done well in the previous movies and especially the series. Right. You do something like this, like what would have been more interesting is have Duncan have the kid. Like have that kid mean something. Make this children of men kind of thing. That would have been cool. That would have been a way to do it. They just barely touch on immortals can't have kids. They they blast you with it at the beginning and it's brought up, but it's brought up as like tertiary to whatever the heck is going on with everybody at any given point. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, that's the prize. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then and- it's like, it's a prize for, we don't know. They just win the prize and movie end. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, but they have to go after. Back. They have to make sure they go back through and tell us all of it again. Recap the entire movie. <laughs> like, just recap the whole thing. I'm like, what? We just, I just watched it. I don't want to watch this again right now. Like, what are you doing, movie? Yeah, I've already suffered through this. Why are you doing this again? But here, and now here is where uh, things I think fell apart. Brett Leonard was the director, and Brett mm-hmm. Leonard has done films, but. Here's what Brett Leonard is known for. All right. You ready for some right. of these? There we go. Come on. Bring it. Uh, all right. So we've got uh, The Lawnmower Man. Mm-hmm. Eh, Lawnmower Man had some interesting ideas. Uh, not the worst movie I've ever seen, but not great. Yeah. Uh, he's also known for Virtuosity. Mm-hmm. Again, interesting ideas. Got some good performances. Not all that great. He also did Man-Thing which is the worst reviewed direct-to-video Marvel film that was ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quote-unquote and, Marvel film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pre-MCU by a few years. He did this movie. He's not great, and it didn't feel as though he understood the material or liked right. the material. And that was my mm-hmm. biggest problem with this movie, was it was Highlander in name, but it felt like it was made by somebody who didn't didn't get the care didn't care about it at all mm-hmm. right um some people have liked it's really funny too the acting to like actors held at gunpoint right the acting isn't great. right um it, and, it's really funny when i when i looked up the director and i saw he did lawnmower and virtuosity i was like no wonder there's like 50 percent green screen in all the shots okay all right <clears throat> so the look of this movie bugged mm-hmm. the living hell out of me because, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, looks cheap. Yeah, it, it looks like it was a low budget. The budget for this, by the way, estimated. Let's see, what do we got here? Do, 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 do. Thirteen million dollars. Okay. Mm. Thirteen million dollars. Uh, its grosses worldwide because it ended up being a direct to sci fi channel was uh, a couple hundred thousand. This is sad. <laughs> um, because it got it got no box office. Right. Uh-huh. So, of course, it's not going to have oh anything, my gosh. But a thirteen million dollar budget. To give you an example, the first movie in nineteen eighty, well, okay, Endgame, Endgame, which was the previous movie to this, which did get a theatrical release, was made for twenty five million dollars. <laughs> All right. So you go about eight years later and you chop $12 million off of your budget, and you're going to get something that doesn't look great. It just doesn't. Yeah. And it looked cheap. And then on top of that, because they're bringing in this extra supernatural angle, they do some sort of thing with... The Guardian is another wasted opportunity in this movie because The Guardian should have and could have been really cool, even... yeah. Even doing a Kurgan retread the way that they kind of did, where he's got the leather and he's got the weird look to him, and he's he's way overacting, and he's he's all sorts of crazy. I could have gotten I could have gotten past all of that, but the weird effect of his speed and the mm-hmm. visual of that and the way that he fought made it so I didn't. Love. I didn't like any of the scenes where he was fighting anyone. Yeah, because it just looked terrible. 
It just mm-hmm. looked bad with all his, the way through. With his look, like his character look and everything, they should have gone slow, like horror movie bad guy kind of thing. They should not have done the whole speed up, I'm the crazy guy. Again, mm-hmm. Kurgan 3.0. Yeah, and that's the Kurgan thing where, again, like I get it. I understand why they went to that because it was popular in the first movie and it seemed to do well. They want to recapture mm-hmm. it. They, the problem with Highlander is that they've tried to do that with most of the properties. I mean, look right. at Slan Quince in the in the pilot episode of the series was a Kurgan mm-hmm. ripoff. Kane in Highlander 3 is a Kurgan ripoff. Yep. They did try to go in a different direction a little bit with Bruce Payne's character of Kel in Highlander mm-hmm. Endgame, but he still had to be quippy. And Right. So, okay, fine. And like I say, the whole, you know, him him mockingly singing Who Wants to Live Forever, I thought that was cute. The Guardian did have a great line in the first fight with uh, Psy that I thought mm-hmm. was a cool riff. And that was when he goes to take his head. He says, there can be only me. And I was like, right. all right, that's kind of a cool way to riff on the line. And I wasn't expecting it the first time I saw it. It's clever. But everything leading up to that was terrible because you had this horrible CGI of his face mm-hmm. a bunch of times, like a mouth forming for some reason. Right. And I even think the look with that big collar that he wore to kind of protect his head, that was interesting. But then he takes that yeah, off. Yeah, I wish he takes that off immediately. I, th- I wish they would have stuck with that. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and, the whole, and the line about, you know, there can be only me, that's a great line, except, again, no payoff for where that comes from or what it actually means at the end at all, at all. No, and they should have been able to pay that off. But I like the line in a vacuum. Yeah. Because there can be only one is such a big thing. And so for him to spin that and the Guardian to do that, but then pay that off later. Give us something else later. But that mm-hmm. character never gets fleshed out. Right. And most we get is like, he fought the original Guardian and defeated him somehow. Because and so reasons. he becomes the Guardian. So is that is this just an endless cycle of people trying to kill the Guardian and become the Guardian? Apparently, yeah. Um, Apparently, until Duncan doesn't kill him. Yeah. And then he and just explodes. And it's unfortunate because I think that the, the guy that played him, Christian Solomeno, uh, um, I think he could have been fine. He could oh, have yeah. been. Like, there's potential there. Again, the movie had the potential with Duncan and Mythos. I think... The first problem was the post-apocalyptic setting. That just immediately mm-hmm. puts you in a bad spot because yeah. it's just not a great way to do that. And then the script is not is not good. Uh, Duncan, I, I just can't stand the way Duncan's written. Killing off Joe. Mm-hmm. Killing off Joe is already a bad idea, but it, like so many things in this movie, it could have been done and useful and done well and had yeah. a point instead of it just sort of being like, well, we're, yeah, we don't need Joe. We're we gotta get rid a of third of the way into the movie, so we're going to get rid of Joe, and that's going to be the inciting thing that gets Duncan to go on the quest, when really what it was going to do was make him not go. Anna has to be right. the one to tell him to keep going. So not only did it not do the thing that that character death is supposed to do, which is kind of galvanize the hero and make him go on his quest, but it also uh, killed the legacy of Joe. Like, he just sort of dies. And mm-hmm. the most we get out of him is telling, telling Duncan that, you know, you were my best friend. It's like, oh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for Joe Dawson to yeah. go out that way. Um, for sure. 
And there are a lot of people that don't consider this to be canon in any way. Mm-hmm. And they kind of disown it. And they've done uh, the Highlander reunion, I think, a few years after this with um, mm-hmm. it was Peter Wingfield and uh, Elizabeth Grayson and Jim Burns. Yeah. Um, so with Abronovich. Yeah. Like, actually in charge of that thing. Yeah. Um, which is, is good because... the. For as bad as Highlander 2 is, and look, the idea of aliens is dumb, especially given what you've done in the first movie, mm-hmm. they had the excuse of the mythology wasn't there yet. We didn't know what we were doing. And so right. Mulcahy and everybody were like, well, let's 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 just go in a completely crazy direction, and they're aliens. Mm-hmm. This movie came after four Highlander films and six seasons of a series. They had right. established lore to work with, and they just sort of threw it all away and wrote whatever this was, and this almost doesn't feel like a Highlander. Like you said, it doesn't feel like Highlander. It doesn't feel... Right. And that's that whole thing of people that don't care being in charge. And that's where I can see, because I can see parts of this that, that do have interesting ideas and could have been good... I want to know how much of it got just completely butchered in the editing process and they cut out right. and they they changed from the original script and all that kind of stuff because that's what makes this so much worse for me. Like I would rather watch Highlander 2 The Quickening again because at least that's just mm-hmm. like a, a weird fever dream of a movie that was early on and they were trying something. And this 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 bothers me so much because the core of the seed of the idea should be good, but then it was handled by people who just didn't know and didn't care. Mm-hmm. And that's worse. And that the actors can only do the actors can only do so much on screen mm-hmm. to rem- remind you of the characters they've played and that they know. Absolutely. <sighs> and I can only imagine what it was like to like. Okay, you're like okay, this script ain't so good, but let's try to do it. They film it. They're like okay, well. Let's see how it gets edited and see what ended up. I would just be like, oh. Oh, yeah. I You have to wonder because the way that Adrian Paul talks about the movie is like that it wasn't a great thing to make and that a lot of people that were involved in it weren't super happy with it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, it's just not good. It's just not. Uh, yeah. We watched it and we're talking about it because we're masochists and uh, we decided we were going to do all the movies. Um <laughs> Look, if you wanna if you wanna put yourself through it, it's only an hour and twenty six minutes long, which I think is another thing too. You can kind of feel that there was a there was a lot of story that was cut. Mm-hmm. Which again, it's so convoluted and so complex and so overstuffed, yet it's an hour and a half long and it feels like it's missing a ton. Yeah. It's just weird. It's so yeah. so dumb. And it should be better. Peter Wingfield. Oh, yeah. Like, Peter Wingfield is good. There's even... They even had that last scene with him where he tells Duncan, you're the best of us. Go on. Get the prize. Do the thing. He's got a big prosthetic scar on his neck from a moment earlier where during a fight with the cannibals when they're losing their immortality or they're getting closer, he got cut Mm -hmm. on the neck. But... Unless you're paying attention in that scene, you don't realize it's Mythos that gets cut or that he even has a wound there because it's never brought up. Yeah. 
So it's like there was stuff that they did that they just didn't mention. And Reggie getting mm -hmm. Reggie is the only immortal in the history of Highlander to die without losing his head. Yeah. So it does have that distinction. But that that was their thing. Oh, he's he hasn't come back yet. Like, yeah, that usually happens within a few minutes. Now yeah. the way he went out was was uh interesting, but again, it looked terrible because of that stupid sped up staccato y mm -hmm. thing that they were doing with the Guardian. Yeah. And 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 he basically serves as uh, the cannon fodder character. He's the right. He's the quirky best friend that in the horror movie that you know is going to die. Yeah, is what he was there for, and that bugs me because mm -hmm. I think that he was a fun character. Uh, Stephen White, yeah. who played him, is charismatic. I love the moment when he's talking with uh, Anna, and she yeah, she calls absolutely. him she calls him out on acting dumb, and. That line he has, when people think you're a bit of a cabbage, they underestimate you, which is useful mm -hmm. for keeping your head. Like, right? That's cool. And that makes yeah. sense. And we've seen other immortals doing something like that. And for, But for Anna to like notice that about him and call him out on it was a fun little moment. Mm -hmm. um, Giovanni's terrible and was wasted. Yeah. He's not well acted. He looks ridiculous. They have one... like. There's a couple of moments where they try to to play into him being a cardinal, but yeah, that's that's the thing that drove me nuts. Is like, here, okay, here's the religious guy, but you never do anything to really show that he's actually religious, other than saying, you know, I mean, he performed, word. yeah, he performed and last like, rites oh. for people, but he's just there to be to be the the one that is overly selfish now. One moment that I do like in the movie is an exchange between Giovanni and Mythos when they're hanging, mm -hmm. when, they're, when they're strung up there, and Giovanni's being Giovanni. And he says, uh, I can't believe this is happening. God wouldn't do this to a true Christian. And that right there gives you plenty of insight into who Giovanni is because he's just a self-centered nutbag. But uh -huh. it's Mythos's reaction to him is great. Yeah. Because Mythos is like, hey, Giovanni, you know what? I knew Christ. All right, I saw him teach. Uh, I, I saw him live. I saw him heal. Yeah, I saw him heal. You're no Christian. You, you self-centered son of a bitch, are no Christian. That I liked. That mm -hmm. is a Mythos moment. That's well-written. That's something that he would say. Yep. Um, but that's like the only thing that Giovanni brings to the movie is that moment. The rest of it is just right. horrendous hair, and he's not useful. Moodiness. And it's a character. He's a moody person. But it's a character that could have been cool. Like, they yeah. could have done something interesting with him. Even having him be, like, the one that's going to kind of fall and turn on them and get selfish. Like, I'm okay even with that. But there's so much wasted time because you can tell how much of it was cut. Mm -hmm. To where he's basically there to say like, the um, what was it the the uh, the the monks are a, are a her heretical order or whatever, um, right? And then uh, when they get there, him for him to be all, I, I can't stand any of this and this is blasphemy and like, ah, just just let it go. So yeah. I didn't like Giovanni. Sai uh, should have been in the movie more because I think he was a more mm -hmm. interesting character. So yeah, they wasted him. The Guardian should have been better than he was. I think losing yeah. that stupid visual effect of him could he could have at least been passable. Sure. I would 
I would Again, com- make a more horror movie ish stalking them. Sure. I'd still complain you know? that he's a Kurgan ripoff, but at least it was it would only right. be that he's a Kurgan ripoff. Mm-hmm. And not a uh a dumb looking Kurgan ripoff. So um and I would say one thing about this movie, if there's anything to say about it, it's that this proves how much a director matters compared to what an actor can do in a movie or series. Because we've oh, sure. seen how good Adrian Paul, Jim Burns, Peter Wingfield have been in the series and crushing mm-hmm. things. They're given nothing to work with in this movie, hardly. No, no, nothing at all. I would have had more Joe uh, and have Joe actually have a, a purpose to be there other than... Because, mm-hmm. again, his introduction is great when he drives up on Duncan. He Now, the Guardian... That was another thing that was kind of weird, is that the Guardian... <laughs> he rams the Guardian, like, and the Guardian's like, Hey, Joe! Yeah. As he's being flown back. Again, like, oh. that's that's funny and that's clever, because we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're establishing at this point that the Guardian has knowledge that you shouldn't have, right? Because he knows who Duncan is, right. he knows who Anna is. But then that moment when he gets hit by the truck and says, Hey, Joe! As he's flying away. <laughs> so he knows who Joe is. But when mm-hmm. Joe gets out of the truck and he looks at Duncan and he's like, get in the car. And Duncan's like, I don't go away, Joe. And Joe's just like, I don't have time for this. Pulls a gun and just shoots Duncan and throws him in the car. Like, I like that. Yeah. Because that's, that's that a great good. introduction. And, but, you know, Joe's wasted in the movie outside of that. Mm-hmm. More Joe, more Reggie, less Giovanni and a better guardian. Um, you know, the Anna character could have been salvaged if it had been Kate. Because here's the thing. We didn't like Kate, but if you if you bring Kate back and have her be this character, now mm-hmm. get rid of the idea of... I guess, though, if you but do he, that, then you get rid of the idea of, like, children and wanting children and all of that. Well, you could still have it and have it be two immortals. But that could be and fine. Because the there, there could be only one child of immortals could be your thing. Sure, that would work. Um, I, I was impressed that they bothered to mention Kate at some point when Duncan's lamenting about his life. He's like, after Tessa, after Kate. I was like, oh, okay. But again, Somebody we don't know what, something about. We don't know what happened to Kate. Right. It's just like, nope. just just she she died in, during the cutaway. Um, mm-hmm. And... But I would I would rather that character have been Kate because then there's a reason for for Duncan to have a connection instead of just we're going to introduce yet a new character. Sure. Or you know maybe I don't know not have it be a mortal uh, a mortal woman that Duncan is in love with for mm-hmm. a change. Let's let's mix that up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know there's there's all sorts of ways you can do that better. Yeah. And she she wasn't terrible either i will say that no she she's not given a whole lot she's basically there to move the plot along um mm-hmm. uh felka felka rutin is her name um right but but the character as written just isn't great so it's not the actress fault it's not any yeah. of the actors faults so i think that they did as well as they could do um yeah when they felt like they wanted to be there <laughs> pretty much uh, but there's like action scenes for reasons of having action scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay, can I say one more thing? Yeah, that I love yeah. that just just got me at the very beginning of the movie, especially coming up on the new Avatar film coming out. Mm-hmm. The credits and everything were in papyrus. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I could hear Ryan Gosling. <laughs> 
Of course, this was <laughs> this was 2006 when they were making it, so you know. But yeah, yeah, I saw sure. that too. Um, it's just oh, this. It could have been good. It should have been better. I think with a better director and some budget. Mm-hmm. And not only did it only have a thirteen million dollar budget, did you see how many studio names were ahead of this movie? No. So not only was there Lionsgate who distributed it uh, after and and did the whole oh, sci-fi yeah. channel thing, but there's mm-hmm. production wise, there's like four or five different studios involved in the production of this, which is never a great sign. Right. For a low budget film to have that many. It's one thing if you're Marvel Studios and you've got like Marvel Studios and the the producers or it's mm-hmm. something. But this was like like five different production companies, Davis Panther being one of them. It, that just <laughs> reminds me of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, watching that movie <laughs> and at the, at the end seeing how many different um, production like CGI houses worked on that movie. Okay, production companies. There are six production companies for this film, for a $13 million film. Wow. Uh, Sequence, Lithuanians Film Studios. Uh, It looks like an Eastern European name maybe that I can't pronounce. IAC Mm -hmm. Films, Handmade, and Davis Panzer. So the funding, getting funding for this movie was tough. And look, I can kind of understand... It hard, being hard to drum up funding for this movie in 2005 or so as you're trying to do it because of the failures at the box office of the last couple movies. But I feel like they could have done better. And just not don't set it a po- post-apocalyptic either. I think that was that was just a huge disservice to it. This, it's just bad. It's ju- oh, mm. oh, it just makes me angry. Makes me break out in hives. I don't... Anybody that knows me, if you've listened to any of the 200, almost 200 episodes of Wait You Haven't Seen that I've done, or Gore, or mm-hmm. anything, I like almost everything. Yeah. It's very rare for me to not like a movie. Even something as bad as Thanks Killing that we watched for Gore, which is bad, and I didn't like it. But like I could have a fun time with that because it was so stupid and I was watching it for that show. But this this one angers me because... It has potential to be good, and it was squandered. It's worse mm-hmm. than doing something like The Room, where there is no potential to start, and it's just Tommy right. Wiseau doing a, a vanity project that doesn't work out, or Troll Two, or some of these other really bad movies that you see. Mm-hmm. It has it does the cardinal sin of being boring, but also just being being terrible at its job, which is to tell a story in this Highlander universe. It just doesn't do that well. So right. Yeah, I'm sad it didn't come out in theaters because I would have liked to have gone and watched it and walked out very soon. Because <laughs> I almost did that with Endgame. I saw it at like a $5 theater and mm-hmm. thought about it. Um, but this, buh. It's, this buh. it's one of those weird things where the the concept of Highlander from the first movie is kind of a self-contained one-off story. Mm-hmm. And the series broke that mold because it didn't try... It tried a little bit at the beginning of it to be essentially remaking that story, but they quickly sort Mm -hmm. of moved away from that formula into like, we're going to explore this guy's life more. We have the time Mm -hmm. with multiple episodes in a series to kind of do something more than just 
the gathering and immortals fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And that's and explore what made, the idea of immortality in this world. Yes, and like, that's what made the how series that happens. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the movies seem to always just be trying to recapture what that first movie was, and that doesn't right. You, you're not going to do that. They made that mm-hmm. movie, so you know it. It's funny talking about it. It makes me feel a lot like what people who are fans of Star Trek feel, like they enjoy the series for you know the ways they handle diplomatic relations, science, all that. And then you get to the movies and, you know, especially the newer ones that they're closer to star Wars than star Trek in a lot of people's opinions. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where we're at with movies. And with Highlander, they kept trying to redo the same movie. Whereas as we've seen through the series, they played with the initial concept in such a great way that like, and man, I hope when they remake the movie that we get some of that. And not only were they trying to remake the movie, but they're trying to remake and one-up the movie. Mm-hmm. They're trying to outdo the last movie that they did. And like Highlander Endgame, for instance, falls apart because it tries too much towards the end of it. But there's bits and pieces of that that are kind of interesting and kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, Highlander 2 is just crazy because they went in a completely different direction, but they were trying something. They just didn't know at that point. There right. wasn't that lore mm-hmm. to establish itself. So they could kind of go wherever they wanted to. They went, they, they took a left-hand turn that they shouldn't have right? and went in a weird direction and they had to kind of course correct. But yeah, this one just, it's not even trying to do something different. It's like trying to tell part of the lore, but then we're sort of not going to do any of that and just like make this weird lame movie it it feels like a movie where they they already had this concept this idea for a movie and then they brought the highlander characters into it it does kind of doesn't it it does feel like it was a spec script it's it's like the uh a bunch of the middle hellraiser movies where they were all just spec scripts that they shoehorned cenobites into this feels like that even though it was a script written as a highlander film right that's the worst part is it doesn't mm-hmm. feel well? It, it started as a script written for a Highlander movie. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that it was the last live action feature film uh, mm-hmm. to be made in this series because Duncan and Adrian Paul and Peter Wingfield as Mythos and and they, they all deserved better as a send off than this. They really did, but they um, really did. You know, it's it's what we got, and mm-hmm. did we? Did we want better? Yes. Did we deserve better? It's hard to say if we deserved better or not, uh, given the the way that people didn't go to see certain movies in theaters. Sure. But at the same time, like the people that didn't go to see Endgame, I kind of get it because it's a mm-hmm. niche uh, film. It's a it's a genre film, and it's a subset of that genre. Mm-hmm. And it's almost. I'm definitely not going to call Highlander and uh, Endgame or the Source ahead of their time, but it was almost they would have done better today. I think because Maybe. they could be that kind of project that gets thrown onto a streaming service and can be that limited series as opposed to having to be a full network season. Well, yeah, in that case, yeah. 
So, but and then you could take that and branch it out into feature length. There's there's ways that this could have been done better. I just, man, oh man, this one just it wasn't. It just wasn't. It just was not. It was not. And <laughs> uh, and then and then and then Princess of the Universe that hurts so much. Oh no! And then the movie ends, and the first line of the song is like, "Take me back to the source." Oh, like, yo, oh what was whoa. that? I just finished rewatching this like 20 minutes before we started recording and I still forgot mm-hmm. about that song at the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, look, if you want to hurt yourself, watch the movie. It's free all over. It's on Freevee and I think TV yeah. maybe. Um, but uh, what did I I watched it on Freevee. Watch, uh, I watched the, it on Freevee. The worst commercial breaks ever I've bad. ever seen in anything. You know, and the funny thing like, is, Freebie usually does okay with the series because I watch a lot of them on yeah. that. And it's like their algorithm knows where the commercial breaks are in an episode. But for some reason, right. in the movie, they're just like, well, it's been they 10 minutes. We're going to throw another commercial in. Yep. So somebody will be mid, mid-sentence mid and they just cut them off and go to the commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, look, if you want to, I'm not going to stop you, but I, I advise against it. Uh, yeah, Don't do it. We did it for you. Just stick with time. the series. Go mm-hmm. go right to season six. Even season six, which is by a lot of people considered maybe the worst ep- season of Highlander, is still better than this movie by by leaps and bounds. Sure. Um, and and I don't consider it. Uh, it might be my least favorite season, but I think that's mostly because of the the way that five ended with Richie and mm-hmm. um, just the weirdness of like how well, they we got to deal with that. Yeah, but, you know, it's still better than this movie, hands down. <laughs> yeah. This is by far my my least, like, I again, I'd watch Highlander 2 before I watch this again. Yeah. So, that's that. Oh, well, all right, we've ranted for a well over an hour about this movie. I think. Yeah, uh, I think we've dumped on it enough. <laughs> I, think we, I think we have. So, we are, this that ends our season five. We will be back mm-hmm. uh, after a few weeks. We're going to take a little time off for the holidays, recoup. Uh, recover from watching this and get ready for season six. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that'll be that'll be coming up. Now we do when we record. We record live on Tuesday nights, uh, so we will mm-hmm. be back in a few weeks. Tuesday night. Uh, keep an eye out on Twitter. We'll we'll let you know exactly when that's happening. Um, but it's not going to be. Yeah, super I'll try long. to. I'll try to remember to remind everybody this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally lost that today. It happens. Holidays, right? Holiday season, right? Yes. Um, and then the show is available at anchor.fm slash Let's Watch Highlander. New episodes go up on Thursdays. Um, I'm going to get the interview with Roger Bellon out in the next week or two. Um, I will uh, oh, cool. I will, I will get that put out for uh, between seasons for folks. So look for that nice. in the feed. Um, and we'll be back for season six and uh, all sorts of better stuff than uh, this crap fest of a movie. For sure. Uh, and then that's that might not be everything either. There might be something happening after season six. We'll see. Keep keep an mm-hmm. ear out because uh, there's mm-hmm. fun. There is fun stuff afoot. But in the meantime, if you want to talk to us about Highlander, how did you watch this movie? Did you hate it like we did? Did you find something redeeming in it? Uh, if you liked it, I question uh, a lot of things. But I'll still have the conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. And you can do that. I'm, I'm on Twitter uh, or any social platform, Mastodon, any of them, uh, as TV's Travis. Hit me up there. Let's let's chat. Uh, I'm always happy to do that. And Audie, you're all over the place as? The Audie Norman. Awesome. And I'm pretty much just sticking with Twitter and Instagram right now. So I mean, that's where I'm most active on Twitter. Um, but I do, I do keep an eye on the other socials just in case, uh, cause you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be it for Highlander the Source. We'll be back in a few weeks. So hang it, hang mm-hmm. with us. Enjoy your holidays. Uh, have Absolutely. fun, see family, see friends, uh, eat and drink lots if that's what you're into. Um, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat, right? Have, have a good yeah. holiday season. For uh, sure. And until then. Remember that there can be only one worst movie in this franchise. Thank the Lord. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>